Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials about nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is myself, your nerdy tutor, George, and with me here today, the excellent prognosticator of slime, my mom. Oh, yes, I am a slimeologist. Oh, yes. Um, so today we teased it on our last podcast, what we were going to be talking about. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite games of the last decade, World of Warcraft. More than a decade. At least. Yeah. Um, so the basic question I want to ask you, Mom, is what do you know about World of Warcraft, if anything? It has a lion. There is a lion, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's, that's the extent of what I know. So. And there's war. Oh, yeah. There's, war is a big deal in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, so let's go over, mm. let's have a quick tutorial here. It won't be very quick, though, but... Okay. Um, so, World of Warcraft is what we know in the genre of, of games known as an MMORPG. Um, now, you might hear the word RPG before, because that's basically what yeah. Dungeons & Dragons is. Um, and World of Warcraft's MMOs part of it comes in where it's massively multiplayer online role-playing game. And so, uh, basically, it's, you can say this just about any other genre that's online at this point now, like League of Legends, uh, uh, any shooter from PUBG to Fortnite. These are all MMOs to a certain extent, um, but they all have kind of their own kind of subgenre of either like a shooter or something like that. Um, you get more into MMOs for like MMO puzzle games or MMO golf or things like that in more cases, so, or MMO sport games as the case may be. Um, so M so World of Warcraft is an MMO. It's the biggest one of all of them. Then there's been a lot of people that have tried to either both make them and pregenerate them. And so, but it's a big game that has the last literally 15 years worth of history built into it right now. And we're not going to discuss every aspect of the game. I'll try to give you the, the briefest overview of what I can. So... Um, it's a progenitor to a lot of other games in reality. Great, great word, progenitor. Um, don't always use <laughs> it right all the time, but um, basically, the game is developed by a company called, known known as Blizzard Interactive or Blizzard Entertainment, depending on what year it is. It's currently known as Activision Blizzard. Okay. Um, it's a company that's very well known for not releasing games until they're ready to release a game. So they, and they come from a long... So not Microsoft. No, 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 no. They're very, the long line of, they, they will wait, they will literally push a game off weeks, months, years, until they think it's ready and it's the most fun they can be. And Blizzard has done a really great job of taking games in a genre, such as the real-time strategy game, finding the most fun elements of what the game is, and then building on top of those really fun elements, and then layering this beautifully rich narrative on top of it. So that you get this very beautiful panoramic sort of thing of all these abilities that you have and all the things happening all make sense, not only from a gameplay perspective, but from a narrative perspective as well. And so they've done a really great job in prior games to World of Warcraft with their own actual uh, real-time strategy game known as Warcraft, which I think is one of the reasons why World of Warcraft was so big initially. Um, but they've also done StarCraft, which is a game uh, I used to play back in the day, and uh, another one known as Diablo. And again, these are all games in which they uh, spent 
and waited a long time to release until they felt it was re- until they felt the game was ready. And back in the day of the '90s, the internet being newish, you couldn't re-release a game with bug fixes in it, or you couldn't download patches to fix bugs. So the game had to be as, reinstalled in order to do that, as well, opposed to just. Well, no, you couldn't even reinstall it. You'd have to rebuy it. Oh. Yeah. So if a game had like any sort of errors or bugs in it, um, like that, there really was no way to fix it back in the day, or at least to fix it easily. Okay. Um, so this is why Blizzard has been well known as being regarded as a company that really cares about its games and its um, and its predator and its you know its ability to create really great narratives and stuff like that. Because if you're going to spend a lot of time to make sure it's perfect, you might as well make sure that the Narrative and the gameplay are perfect as well. Okay. Um, so Blizzard, so Warcraft itself has its own little history. It started out in 1992-93. Um, it's had three different versions of its real-time strategy game. The most recent version of that would have been Warcraft 3, which came out in 2001. But by the time of 2000, of 1999-2000 is about when they started getting the idea to develop World of Warcraft. And that kind of comes off the heels of other MMOs at the time, which did exist. Um, you had games like Ultima Online, which was one of the first real MMOs. You would then have RuneScape and EverQuest Online. Star Wars Galaxies was a very. I remember pop- RuneScape. Yep, uh, World. Of, uh, excuse me. Um, uh, Star Wars Galaxies was a very popular Star Wars MMO. Um, and so these were very popular games beforehand, and what Blizzard did very well was say, these games are doing really well, what about these games is doing really well, and what's the best parts of these games? And then obviously distilled that into their own game. Um, so come about uh, 2004, we get what we ca- what we consider the classic or vanilla version of the game. This is the original game that got released in 2004. Um it takes place on the world known as Azeroth, which is a, basically an analog to any sort of Tolkien-esque fantasy genre that might exist out there. So you've got your magic, your humans, dwarves, orcs, goblins. How, how like does that. that figure in with the timing of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Um, I'm just asking. I don't know if it did or not. Um, it would be later, right? It would have been kind of... Well, I mean, it would have come out in 2004, and I think the original Lord of the Rings... Didn't wrap up until 2005, I want to say. Okay. Um, or at least the winter, I think, of 2004, 2005. So, I mean, they don't have a lot of... Um, they have a lot of stuff that's very similar, which is not uncommon for Tolkien-esque fantasy. Right. Um, that takes place in this kind of world and universe. Um, but it, pull, it cribs a lot off of even Dungeons & Dragons, for the most part, here. Because um, in their game, the ranger is a hunter. Uh, the fighter is a warrior... Um, a cleric is a priest, a thief is a rogue. So there's a lot of analogs in that particular aspect, um, as an example, because even Dungeons and Dragons is cribbing off of Tolkien-esque fantasy at the end of the day, which is not really uncommon anymore at this point in day. You realize how long those books have lasted, right? I remember reading them in high school, and they weren't new then. Nope. Much in the same way a lot of people, I think, who read uh, Game of Thrones now got to realize that that started coming out in the 90s yeah um and while it's taken a very long time for new books to come out it's again these are books that started in the 90s yeah and so like you, you read, talk about that as if that's so old 
I, I started my job in 1990. Oh, I was just talking about this at work. We're like, oh, yeah, this happened in 2012. Yeesh, this happened in 2012. That doesn't seem like forever ago. Yeah. So, um, but the basic gameplay of World of Warcraft, or at least the story of it, takes place on a, on a world known as Azeroth, very human sort of fantasy realm uh, with a little bit of steampunk melt, melted into there. And um, steampunk is the notion that if electricity doesn't exist, things are powered by steam. Oh, that's cute because I never knew where that came from. Okay. Yeah, so um, it's a very, it's a very kind of popular sort of genre in like eighteen hundred oh, yeah, no, kind of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you see references to it all the time. It's mm-hmm. very cool to be steampunk. Very, very popular are gears and anything yeah. with gears related are usually considered to be steampunkish. Yeah. Um, in the world is basically taking place four years after the events of. The last major uh, Warcraft 3 game, uh, The Frozen Throne, which was an expansion to the original game. So all these events in the world have kind of already kind of gelled themselves here, which I think is one of the adages that helped the game initially, where it had this very rich following of people who were already aware of all the story and all the games prior to that. So you already had a built-in lore of people who knew the game. Um, Trying to imagine... um, if you've watched the other Avenger movies, going into the event, the first Avengers movie seems like a really big thing because, oh, look, I've seen all this. I know what all this is. Versus that if you just went to go watch the Avenger movie, you'd be missing out on a lot of stuff and you might think, oh, well, this isn't really my time. I don't you, know what... Like, you couldn't watch Infinity Wars without having seen... Yeah, like, you could, but, like, you just would not you be wouldn't, as... Inv- you wouldn't know who Guardians of the Galaxy were. You wouldn't know... You wouldn't be as invested as, invested as you really could have been and you may have been, like, more willing relicent to kind of like be like okay this is not my cup of tea and move on can't can't watch civil wars without winter soldier oh god winter soldier loves winter soldier so much one of the best ones yeah civil war is pretty good too okay um so it takes place in the world of azeroth and it takes place primarily in a fight between two major factions which is kind of a unique which was kind of not the first time but more or less the best version of it where two warring factions against each other force this world to exist and so you have um, the Alliance, which is kind of made up of your naturally good-looking races or your nice races. So these are going to be your humans, your dwarves. Um, they have gnomes and they have an elves, but these are night elves. These are more kind of like forest elves that are okay. slightly darker skin. They blend in with the, the trees a lot we're better. Not, we're not Orlando Blue. Not yet. Okay. So there, there's a caveat there that I, that okay. I put with that. Um, and then you have the Horde, which is kind of made up of kind of what would be the bad guys, but they're not. nobody's really the bad guy in this game at all so these are your um you know these are green-skinned orcs tro- uh, you know kind of big brutish trolls um you have a race of um basically minotaur that are known as uh, torrens mm-hmm. um they're basically cow people that are very much a play off of i think uh what we would consider first nations Did I hear, people hear, oh, cow people cow people is the best way to describe it so like first nations people would be horse people well, no, no. So, I mean, there are horse people in the game. We don't get to play as them. But um, Torrent are basically minotaurs, where they're, like, mostly human-ish forms with, like, cow heads. These are, like, big brutish versions of it. But they're more based off of cows. And you might think a minotaur would be based more, I think, historically, more like a bison or some sort of other yeah. mythical creature, kind of. Yeah. Um, and their aesthetic is a lot of that. They are uh, one with nature. So okay. a lot of their architecture is kind of based off of uh, what we would consider uh, Native Americans or First World people um, okay. here here in the states. Okay. Um, and then we also have the undead. 
So these are people, these are humans that are raised from the undead that have kind of their own will. Are we zombies? Pretty much zombies um, at the best point. I mean, but they're not desiring brains. They, they think and act like humans. They're just like, if you were dead and you suddenly came back to life. So they have brains. They have brains. Okay. They have their own brains, so they don't need, they don't need brains. Okay. Um, and you have this um, kind of eternal struggle between these two races, at the, these two factions at the end of the day. Um, different areas of this massive world, because it's all this very open world area, um, are themed in different ways. So, you might, so in one case we have a very, um, the dwarves live in this very cold area, uh, while the humans live in this kind of very lush fantasy forest. There's jungles, um, there's literal deserts. Um, and all these different factions, depending on where they are, kind of control their areas. So, like, the undead area is very kind of grim and dark, kind of gothic sort of forests that are have a lot of, like, rotting um, buildings and dilapida- dilapidated stuff, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, like I said before, the Torn have this very sort of um, First, First Nations people sort of aesthetic right. to them. Um, orcs have a very warlike cobbled together sort of look where a lot of spikes and wood red paint uh goblins are the cutest uh, excuse me gnomes are the cutest little thing everything they have is all based off of like gears and mechanic and machinery and stuff like that um so they're, they're very cute and fun i like i like gnomes a lot but i'm also working on a gnome ranger for my little brother's D campaign so i've been thinking about gnomes a lot he's excited yeah now um, so this original giant war that takes place in what we call classic or vanilla um, has a couple different storylines going on throughout it. One of them being that there is a dragon lord who's trying to take the mantle of his father and take over the world. You have um, a race of trolls that are trying to uh, realize a blood god, or trying to revitalize a blood god that they somehow make a pet or somehow um, a patron to. Um, you eventually have uh, what else we have. There's a bug capital of insectoid creatures that are eventually wake up. Like a praying mantis or something? Um, think more cockroachy. Ooh, okay. But they're like... Animorphs, upper- animorphs take cockroaches, yeah. yeah. So like kind of more... Um, and they actually serve what is known as an old god that are like the most primal kind of evil things in on the planet itself. Like um, the best way to kind of find the thing of it is like uh, festering bo- boils or warts on a human body maybe. Okay. Um they're also old gods are very kind of, um, very kind of a gothic horror kind of aspect to them as well. I, I can see I'm going to be looking for a glossary again. You, you might you don't don't quite need too much of a glossary. I promise. Okay. I promise not too much. Um, and then at one point the evil undead come back as well. So while we have a race of undead that are um, aligned with the faction of the horde, these are another race of undead that are just wild and rampant undead, which are led by this big old bad guy called the Lich King, which was in a far off land. Um, okay, so 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 let's let's let's. I have questions. Yes. Already. And mind you, this is just the first. This is the. First yeah, no, I'm getting that. Okay, so so whereas um, Magic the Gathering has all these different worlds, and every eighteen months it launches a different world, kind of, mm-hmm. or relaunches a world or something. Am would I be correct in assuming that that you get your your sort of variety here your your change up by migrating to a different you know taking your troop and migrating to a different um part of the the world of warcraft so um 
in Magic the Gathering where we have uh, different new card packs and expansions that come out, uh-huh. World of Warcraft has its own expansions that come out, and but they are more like content updates. Um, so as an example here, um, you might... Um, I know you're into cycling, so as uh-huh. an example, maybe you go cycling through this one path throughout the entire time, and suddenly they finish the road that leads to this other thing, this other path that you can go bicycling down route that change. path. change. Precisely. So you okay. have a new route change, you have a new area to go to, or um, maybe you're on vacation, you suddenly have a new place to go and travel through. Or if you're traveling for work and you have to be somewhere for a while, now you're bicycling through this other portion here. So that's a lot of what these different... Um, expansions do. They offer new places to go visit and they offer um, an update to your current abilities, maybe some pruning of those abilities to make it a little bit more streamlined, um, adding new features here and there. Um, So like the next one that we have, which is known as the Burning Crusade, um, takes place on an entirely alien world to us. Not quite alien to us, but a new world, another world known as Outland, which is a world that's um, exploded because of this even evil universal being, no, uh, uh, sort of faction known as the Burning Legion. Um, if you can imagine, these are like your space Nazis that kind of want to destroy everything. Okay. Um, which is kind of the best way to do it. They're all demonic and evil. Um, so they have reopened up the portal that leads from Azeroth to Outland, and so you have to go fight them in Outland. And on the way to Outland, uh, we recruit a new race of aliens known as uh, the Draenei for the Alliance. These are like the nicest and greatest demon, um, not demons, excuse me, the nicest and greatest aliens you'll ever meet. They're really good. Um, And then we get our Orlando Bloom uh, elves in the form of Blood Elves for the Horde. And now Blood Elves, uh, which distinguish themselves from Night Elves, um... Your blood elves are these very nice, pale-looking elves. The the female models literally are striking a pose at any particular time. Okay. Um, they look like Victoria's Secret models. So they're not like Kate Blanchett. Oh, no. Oh, yes, actually. Yeah. Your blood elves, yeah. again, like blood elves, I mean, look like they wouldn't be out of place in the Victoria's Secrets catalog. Okay. Men look like they'd be right out of a similar catalog for men as well. Okay. Um, but what's unique about they're them... They're underwear models. They're very good underwear models. Okay. Um, what's interesting about them, though, is that they made a pact with, they've, the, they used to be the same race as the original Night Elves, but because they are more into magic and Night Elves are not into magic all that much, um, Night Elves are into, like, nature and harmony, Blood, El- or, uh, Blood Elves or High Elves are into more um, magic and sorcery, which is how they got to be the pale kind of version that they are over the course of a couple millennia. Um they had a fountain that got destroyed by the Lich King during the Warcraft 3 expansion, and they became they they were very hungry for mana, which is how they kind of kind of like a kind of like a drug addict, if you will. Oh. And so, rather than going after traditional, <clears throat> normal, nice mana, they went after demonic mana, which was given to them. So they became kind of they're they're still very nice looking and very pretty, but they all have green eyes instead of their normally what would be like very kind of glowy blue eyes. So um, you have green eyes. Yeah, but that's not yeah. a, that's not an evil thing for me. Oh, okay. Um, but the Burning Crusade was nice. It was a great in- introduction. We were, by that point it had been about two years since we had finished up a lot of the content in the classic version. Um, it introduced flying around the world, so you could fly on a 
on a dragon or fly on a magic carpet, a griffin or a So you could go to the desert or go to... Well, not necessarily, not initially. Now, Outland was originally the only land that could do that initially. Oh, okay. And then in the next expansion, which is Wrath of the Lich King, where you've heard that name a couple times. Yeah. um, We go to the the continent of Northrend, which is kind of in between the two other, um, another part of Azeroth, essentially. It's another continent that we get to visit. Is this like Game of Thrones where you have to draw a map? We have maps I'll introduce you to. Oh, okay. Um... Do you go, we go to Northrend and we got to go beat the Lich King, which has decided he's going to wake up and wreck wreck people's lives. Um, rather than this time in this expansion where we got two new cla- uh, races that we could play as, we got a new playable class. So in the game, there originally were nine playable classes. They include uh, the warrior, the paladin, shamans, Priest. hunters, uh, priests, mages, warlocks, druids, and rogues. So those were the original nine, and then when we got to Wrath of the Lich King, they introduced the Death Knight, which is kind of um, an evil paladin, if you will. They um, rather than well, the paladin would use light to you know protect people and damage his foes and protect others. The Death Knight uses literally zombies and other end- undead stuff, plagues. Uh, they have a thing with blood and frost that they use to attack their enemies with. I'm mean, gonna go more about cla- the classes here a little bit later on. Well, okay, so, so, so... Go back, of course. Okay, so I choose to be one of these characters, mm-hmm. and I'm fighting along other people alongside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, and, and can I be an evil character? Can I be can I be a Lynch King character, or is that... You could be, you can be a Death Knight if you wanted to. The only exception to that was that um, where everybody started off at, like, level one, Mm-hmm. Death Knight start off at like level sixty. So I'd have I'd have already had to gain level. It, I'd have to be an experienced player to to death out. Um, well, you wouldn't. It, the basically the way they initially did it in the game was that um, when you started it, when you started a character, um, when the Death Knights were introduced, they were known as a heroic class. So many, meaning that you had to have gotten a character up to like max level in order to even get them started with or get okay. at least past sixty. You could then start a new character, which could be a Death Knight at that point. Is that because because the the what the Death Knight the skills the Death Knight possesses might be lethal otherwise? Or um, well, all all abilities in the game are intentionally lethal. Um, the intention was is that they we knew that they knew a lot of people wanted to play this new class, but didn't want to have to start the process of leveling from one to okay, um, got it. the max level in Wrath of the Lich King, which was level eighty. Um, over this long period of time, so the intention was to bypass some of that early leveling process in order to let and people... And start you at 60. And start you at 60 to get you into the game a lot quicker. So, okay. Um, so the intention there being that if you were going to... Um, if you were taking a long flight um, and you were trying to go from, like, Los Angeles to, like, Florida, uh, to, like, Miami, Florida, yeah. example, you started in Dallas instead of starting in Los Angeles. Yeah, got so it. you skipped a lot of the portion that uh, would take a long time, but you got to go right into um, the other stuff a little bit quicker. Yep. Um, and introduced as a heroic class meant that you started off at a higher level. You had a, you got a few more things that um, because a lot of people at that point had already leveled up quite a few quite a bit through that. You might have made two or three different characters, if not more, and going through the entire leveling process back in the day was really long. Yeah. So I got it. Um, Wrath of the Lich King also allowed us to fly 
in Northrend here and um, was also considered by a lot of players to be the highlight of the game where it had about 12 million subscribers in the game. Um, World of Warcraft being a game in which you have to pay money to play each month beyond just buying the game outright. And the money goes to support servers and development of more games. Right. Right. Um, okay, so give, so give me an idea here. How much do you do you pay? Now you get a discount based off of how much how long of time you, you can do. So if you do just one month, it's about fifteen dollars a month. If you okay. do three months, it ends up being about fourteen dollars a month. You do six months, it ends up being about twelve dollars a month. Got it. So the more time you it's pay, not expensive. Yeah. No, it's 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 not in, it's not expensive. It's basically like two cups of coffee, depending on your coffee tolerance, um, and depending on how much you play, you can get more benefit out of it. Now. Other parts of the world act, uh, work a little bit differently. So, like if you're in China or Korea, you pay, you basically pay for the time outright. So you can pay for one to two, anywhere from one to seven days at a time, versus hours if you want to pay in okay. hours, um, depending on other parts of the world. And those are okay. dictated by laws in those worlds. Okay. Um, China's uh, China's um, indecency laws regarding video games means that you can't have. Um, bones hanging out of flesh or blood or a lot of other like graves and things like that really yeah so a game that was based called the wrath of the lich king was all based off of all this like skeletons and death was a really hard game to get past the chinese kind of regulation boards okay to get it to play to be out there so it ended up releasing almost two years later a lot of stuff got replaced with bread so tables that were that used to have like skulls and bones are now just full of bread which was very humorous to a lot of us. Yeah, I bet. Um, a lot of, you know, even the Death Knights are not known as Death Knights, they're known as Fey Knights. Okay. So, uh, how they how they let that get through is weird, is odd to me. Uh, moving on from there, now, originally we talked about the original uh, vanilla classic version taking a really right. long time to level, which is why they came up with Death Knights. Um, and flying had been a, a big deal in... Uh, the Burning Crusades expansion and uh, Wrath of the Lich King. So, and, and by this point here in 2010, the world's, the game has been out for about six years. They wanted to change up the way we leveled. So they had an event called the Cataclysm, which was basically this giant sundering for the new expansion, and it basically revamped almost all the zones in the game. So zones that had been like a desert sort of thing were suddenly starting to come back to life, and trees were starting to grow out of the middle of nowhere with sudden plant life. Um, some places literally had cracks in the ground from when the, like, giant earthquakes. Some had random tornadoes flying through it. Um, climate change. Very, very much a climate change sort of change. And all of this comes from um, a dragon known as Deathwing. He's one of the aspects of the world that control elements of the world. So one is, um, Deathwing is the is the aspect of the earth. So he genera he governs all the continents, waters, elements, and things like that. You have another one that does all the nature, another one that does purely life, another one that does time and magic. Um, and so this elder dragon, basically, Deathwing decides that he's decided Azeroth doesn't need to exist anymore. So he wants to destroy the world, and our job in Cataclysm is to um, journey through the revamped world to see what's changed and how we can help different stories and people out there, but also stop this cult that's following Deathwing in order to destroy the world. And we end up defeating Deathwing at the end of the day. Spoilers. Um, but what's interesting about this is that Blizzard and World of Warcraft was starting to push more toward a story-based game than really a purely um, 
mechanically based. Now, every zone kind of has its own little bit of stories, but they're not overtly connected with one another. Okay. And so now you might travel through a zone and it would tell you this all overarching story. So um, you might, so one example is Westfall is this kind of um, farmland that's outside of the main human starting area. And you go through the process of learning who is recruiting all these bad guys to get together and then all this kind of bad stuff is happening and it culminates with finding out that um, it's this one woman who we in the first expan- in the first version of the classic game we actually we killed this killed her father as a result of this dungeon we were in because he was a big well, bad now guy. when you say we I mean other players okay but you so so and I, I'm interested mm-hmm. because um, you use it as not I but we so you are playing who coordinates everybody's efforts so that you're all sort of playing together to kill the the guy's father, the girl's um, father? So one of the things you can do in the game is known as a dungeon. So it's like like when we when we did the Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. episode, we went on an adventure. Right. Um, in this case, you can go through a dungeon, and it's a very linear path and intentionally to kind of point people where to go. Mm-hmm. So there's only kind of one way to get through it at the end of the day. Um, and... The game as it is now will group you up with people. One of them is a uh, protector of the group. He basically takes all the damage. Another person is a healer, and they're going to heal all the damage any that might happen to people. And then you have three other people who are going out, and they are attacking and doing the damage to whatever it is you're attacking. Um, and so these dungeons are designed to help kind of push the story of a zone or push stories of things happening in the world. As later expansions come out there helping to push the narrative of the overarching story. Um, so as an example, in like Wrath of the Lich King, we went to a lot of places where the Lich King was either an integral villain or the dungeons were um, continuing stories that were happening in that particular area uh, or zone. Okay, so when I'm playing, and, mm-hmm. and maybe you cover this later on, but when I'm playing, I mean, am I sort of playing by appointment where where my friends or my my tribe are all playing at the same time I am or there's just automatic I'm automatically when I hop on going to be paired with a protector of a whatever both depending on what you're doing we'll get okay. to we'll get to that part okay. here a little bit later um, when we get through beating up this deathwing dragon he's basically shuttered the world so a lot of stuff has moved and changed around a little bit one of the places we didn't realize was there that actually was there the entire time is a place called Pandaria we're literally made up of panda people <laughs> These are big, kind of fluffy panda-looking people. Um, this is the Mista Pandaria expansion, and in this um, expansion, we get um, to play as pandas now, so we can play as a pandarian. Okay. Uh, but we also get a new. I think, cla- I, I, think I like that idea. Uh, but we also get the class known as a monk. Okay. And monk um, in World of Warcraft is kind of either a Bruce Lee-style monk or a. Um, Jackie Chan, drunken master kind of monk, so they're big off of beer and brewing, and then um, or the other version is a um, healer, which kind of uh, uses some sort of misty art of healing. It's hard to explain. That's okay. Um, what Mr. Pandaria does is that in Cataclysm, different major characters that had been around took different roles um, okay. in the game. So um, one example was is that the leader of the Horde, which is uh, the title of Warchief, was owned by this one orc named Thrall. 
but he became but he's a also a shaman in the game and so he became the leader of the shamans and was helping to defeat Deathwing at the end of the ga- at the end of the game in Cataclysm. He gave his role up to uh, another orc um, that was his kind of right hand man um, named Garrosh. And throughout kind of the story of Mister Pandaria, Garrosh starts getting a little genocidal. Oh God! Which is fun. You know, okay. I mean, in a I mean, he part, doesn't like gnomes or something. What? Do you, well, he doesn't even like his own people in some cases. Okay. Um, what ends up happening here is that um, Garrosh is from. Outland from two expansions prior, three three expansions prior to this in Burning Crusade, and he's his father was a really important orc that traveled to Azeroth to try to take it over in the earlier games. He's been led to believe that the Horde should be this particular thing that he thinks it should be, rather than what it truly is now. I mean, what it truly is now is kind of while it is kind of a warring sort of thing, it's also. Um, a tribe that's very much made up of different races that are just maybe eking to get by, but have a lot of warlike tendencies. Okay. Um, and Garrosh basically decides, no, we're going to be more warlike now. And a lot of people don't like that initially and really would prefer not to be pointing toward war if they could avoid it. When you say a lot of people, you mean a lot of players? Um, well, in-game characters. Okay. As players, we right. are basically watching the events unfold and in some cases interacting with the events as they're happening, but they're always majorly taking place by the main character, by the okay. these other characters. Okay. We're kind of... So you're, you're, you're more literally role-playing? Yeah, we're more of like the foot soldiers and the people... Cha- uh, we're classified the way they describe us as either heroes or champions in the game. Okay. Um, so we're often so we're often considered like the the best of the alliance or the best of the horde going out there. We're leading armies and taking point and we're leading adventure, doing other adventurous sort of things out there. Um, all the while, while like this inner, inner politics stuff, we're just kind of watching from the periphery or like we okay. bump into it. Okay. Um, at the end of the game, like Thrall, uh, excuse me, uh, Garrosh basically decides he's going to, uh, what, what's interesting about Mr. Pandaria is that the Pandarians can be both on the Horde or the Alliance, so playable characters could be on either side if they wanted to, um, which was kind of a cool kind of concept that rather than release uh, one race for each side like they had in previous expansions, excuse me, they um, they created a race that was neutral to both. Oh. So you could be either on the Horde Switzerland. or... Yeah, so you could either be on the Horde or the Alliance, but you couldn't, like, once you were on the Alliance, you couldn't go back to the Horde or so forth. Okay. Um, but what's interesting was that Mr. Pandaria was very much a peaceful place before we got there. Before the Horde and Alliance got there, and we kind of uh, awoken a bunch of uh, bad things in Pandaria and basically kind of made a big mess of the continent through our wars. Um, Garrosh not necessarily helping that at all because he was very being very genocidal. One part to the Pandarians, another part to some of his own factions, um, people. We end up um, beating Garrosh and locking him up. Um, and But that leads us into the next expansion, which was War- Warlords of Draenor. So I, if I... Yes, ma'am, okay. please. So how much of the storyline is determined by the players playing and how much of the storyline is determined by... Um, the game's creators? Yes. Mostly the game's creators. Um, 
what's unique about what what may be a little bit more annoying about the game is that while we have a lot of we don't have a lot of agency in how the story is told. We're basically kind of along the ride for the story in the most part. Uh-huh. Um, so unlike Dungeons and Dragons, where depending on your game master, you might have a lot of agency to decide: Are we going to go up? or Are we going to go down? Yeah. We're going to go down. Great. There's a giant spider downstairs. Or if you went up, oh no, you de- you now you have to deal with orcs suddenly who were up there. Like, yeah. Or you could decide: No, we're not going to go to that building. We're going to go to the next town over. Right. The dungeon master in that case would have to spend a lot of time creating those different branching paths to figure out what would happen there, or he would have to think of it. Yeah. Um, in a big game like this, it's a little bit more difficult to do that because you would have different people going in different directions, but they'd somehow have to meet back up in the middle so the story was the same. Right. Well, and I guess that's what I'm wondering is is I I'm, I'm like the idea the idea. Of teaming up with others to to I mean that that would be fun, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm trying to understand. Um, you really have to have a well crafted story to make it interesting. If in playing you weren't affecting the ultimate outcome, no, I mean it, it feels a lot of the time that like regardless of what you do, so long as you complete your objectives. Um, the thing will happen regardless, but you can't move on to the next thing until you complete all the object- objectives. Right. So it's very much like it's it's very much not like um, it's not like uh, the better example of this might be that you're reading a book at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but rather than like in, in, but rather than just reading the book, you're acting out the book's uh, narrative. Well, I mean, I'm totally down to something where you you worked and you were rewarded by gaining gaining levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gave you other abilities, and then you got to try out the other abilities, and that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's what um, this game does a good job of that. Yeah. Um, but I would need the story to be um, really engaging in order to want to play in something where I had ultimately uh, a limited impact on the outcome. Yeah, the story, I think... From the If you were just like reading a book, this would be a really great, interesting story. Okay. Um, I feel at least. And a lot of the times, like, you're not even bumping up against the main story. You're often bumping up a lot of the story that's in that particular area. Um, and so different zones and areas have their own little individual stories that are kind of playing out over the course of the zone. And in some cases, even just little encampments. So now, do you have, like, a little, like, a quest to get through a zone to be able to travel within? The- yes. Okay. And and um, can you choose where you're traveling to? Um, so... The game does a really good job of kind of giving you breadcrumbs of where to follow to the next path. Uh-huh. Um, but in a lot of cases, especially with later, um, uh, with the way they've revamped the way you level in the game, um, new expansions basically mean that you can kind of go to wherever you want in the beginning of the zone. Um, so if you want to go to zone A or you want to go to zone B or C or D, you get the option to kind of go to, to different places to start off at. Uh-huh. Um, but different quests in the game will open up based off of what you've already done. So you may not be able to progress on a certain quest until you've done other stuff for that because okay. it wouldn't progress the storyline. Or you might happen okay. upon a quest um, that starts a storyline that continues the other major storyline happening in the game. Okay. Um, and quests are actually a very important part of World of Warcraft that helps push people um, in the right direction, helps the narrative of the game and different stories and allows you... Um, like at one point, you're basically having to, as an example, in um, Battle for Azeroth, which is the new current expansion that we're in. Um, if you're playing an alliance, there is a 
woman who's basically about to be burned as a witch, and you have to go through the point of saving her life by proving to everybody that she's not a witch. She's not a witch. No, she's not a witch. Until she later is a witch. She turned me into a newt. Yeah. I got better. It got better. Um, does she weigh more than a duck? <laughs> so, he, as an example... We're, we're the, Monty, Monty Pythoning there for those who don't you, recognize Oh, yeah, it. I know. Life, life uh, of Brian? Uh, um, uh, no, no, no. Oh, Holy Grail. Uh, Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Um, so, um, so quests are a very important thing that helps you lead you through the world and helps tell the stories. Um, and sometimes it gives you the interactions between the lower level characters or the other characters in that particular zone. Okay. Um, this one woman ends up becoming, <laughs> who we later find out that we saved, who was a witch, um, is a... Um, good witch, no- bad witch. A good witch, a nobleman okay. of... She's basically a noblewoman of the area who we have to... Uh, helping to reclaim the area from the bad guys, essentially. Brianna of Tarth. Yes, very good. Not exactly a Brianna Tarth. We there is a Brianna Tarth in that, in that area, too. Um, um, think more like a uh, Sansa. Oh, okay. Not quite so dainty, but uh, Sansa in later seasons. Yeah, okay. Where she's a lot more empowered by herself and her, t- in yeah. her position versus earlier seasons where she's less so. Yeah. Um, but so back to, um, we're in, going into Warlords of Draenor. Now, somehow between Mist of Pandaria and Warlords of Draenor, Garrosh escaped prison. And he, and he escaped with, and now if you remember, we were talking about, I mentioned there was a dragon that was in charge of time. Right. So every big dragon has children dragon, and he bas- and basically Garrosh traveled with a child dragon, one of the kids of the time dragon, back in time. It went back to what was Outland before it was Outland, known as Draenor. Um, and he met up with his father and brought up brought a whole lot of new technology with them. Uh, one of the things that happened with the orcs way back when is that they originally were kind of brown and orange skinned, or maybe even kind of brown skinned orcs originally. They drank demon blood and became green skinned and became the villainous sort of creatures that they were. So a lot of the orcs that are around now are children of other orcs, but they have green skin because that's just the way they were, because they have demon blood in them. Okay. But um, basically what if somebody went back in time met hitler and gave him lasers <laughs> okay not a great example i i admit yeah, but, no, I get. but it's kind of what garrosh did he went back to his dad gave him all this technology united what he thought the horde was and created a new horde known as the iron horde um and they went about trying to take over azeroth which is uh, through the dark portal so they went back through the dark portal and started coming back into our azeroth and started trying to wreck stuff. So we have to go to Draenor, and we have to go and beat back these orcs. Um, and so that's Can the, I ever choose to be an orc? Yes. Orcs are a play. The orcs are a part of the horde. Okay, so I could choose to be good. I could be. I could be evil. I could be part of the horde. Well, the horde is not necessarily evil per se. Um, it's made up of races that have one, at one point been viewed as evil. They're not. Okay. They're, I mean, if so it's you, like being chaos neutral. Um. I'm trying to find a great example here that makes sense. Um, you, so you know how in uh, Captain Marvel we have the scrolls. The scrolls yeah. are painted as being like the bad guys. Yeah, but they're not really the bad they're guys. They're not really the bad guys. That's the Horde. Okay. Like they're painted as being bad guys, but they're not really the bad guys. Okay. Versus um, 
the Kree Empire and in Captain Marvel here, they're it's made really up of like nice looking people, and they they seem like they're good people at the end of the day, and they might be, and they think they're doing the right thing at the end of the day, but they're not really good people. Right. So like the Alliance is good people at the end of the day who sometimes are not doing nice people things, and the Horde are look to be bad guys, but they're really not the bad guys, but sometimes they are. Yeah. Got it. And sometimes they end up being more commonly the bad guys. Um, so we go to Warlords of Draenor, and we basically start wrecking the Iron Horde. Um, one of the big bad guy or- orcs that's over there is an orc known as Gul'dan. Um, he's the one that gave all the other orcs the demon blood. So he's a bad guy. He's a real big bad guy. And at the end of the game, we have to beat him, essentially. But we don't really beat him. Um, Warlords, what ends up happening is it leads into the next expansion, which is known as Legion. Um, at the end of the game, Gul'dan got thrown into our timeline. He had been there once before and died before, mm-hmm. um, but this is an alternate timeline version of Gul'dan, and he got to our current world and basically started summoning the Burning Legion again, which is, if you remember from Burning Crusade, those are the bad guys that came from there. Right. But he was much better at doing it. Um, so we go to the Mystical Isle, the Broken Isles, which is where um, a lot of kind of different stuff is just there. Oddly enough, it doesn't quite make a lot of sense. Um, I apologize in that particular aspect. Um, so we go to the Broken Isles, and our job is to basically beat back the Burning Legion once again. And this time when we go and beat it, we beat it for good. So it's gone forever. Not gone forever, but like... Like, we beat back the Nazis really, really, really badly, but they kind of still exist in the very kind of crevices okay. of society. Okay. Um, so now, so now, when I'm playing, mm-hmm. do I have... A, I, I'm always moving forward. We're all always moving forward through the same, same world. So when you get to max level, we're all kind of all at the same point. So um, What's interesting about the game here, and which will actually be fixed a little bit when we get to the next, when we get to the new expansions coming out next year. Uh-huh. Um, what originally the way the story was that you went through the different expansions, and that was the current story of the expansion. Um, but obviously, because when you're leveling, you're starting from level one. You're leveling through the older content, which may not be up to date with what is the newer content all the time. Okay, and I guess that's my question. Okay. So yeah, so there's a bit a bit of a disconnect from that. What they're going to do going forward, though, is that in the newer version of the game, they're going to say that... Because um, right now what happens here is that because you level really quickly through the game now, you don't spend forever in a zone, forever in an expansion. You might only spend maybe time in one or two zones of an expansion. So a lot of the expansion you don't get to actually fully enjoy because you're not there for a long time. You only get a part of the story. Um, so, you, so you're missing pieces that may not makes sense on something on a, on a, on a in, in that that in some cases or you just might not be able to enjoy the narrative of the story okay. um, what they're going to do um, later on here in the next year when they release the next uh, expansion is they've said that they're going to allow players to now if you remember those time dragons there's a, the cutest little time dragon called Chromie she's very cute she's one of my favorite characters in the game Okay. is uh, basically going to say that now when you get through your 1 through 10 um, kind of entry point kind of early leveling cycle, you can go back and just play through one of these individual expansions on its own. So you can start from the beginning okay. of the expansion and go to the end of the expansion as like if you went back in time. 
And then when you're done with that expansion, you get to the max. When you get to the max level, you can now enter the newer content that when it when it comes out. Okay. So when we get to the new content, um, you can immediately go into that content right away, having finished an entire expansion. So this is kind of the meant to kind of um, simplify stuff a little bit. We'll let you explore the world. We'll let you fully yeah. explore and dive into the world itself, so you're not jumping from one world to the next to the next and to the next because okay. I've leveled a lot of characters and that's one of the problems where you don't spend a lot of time in any one particular zone anymore. Okay, you, you said I leveled a lot of characters. When you're playing, are you playing with one? Are you playing with two, three? So you typically just play with the one character at a time. Okay, um, so but you, you can have several. You can have up to about 15 per server. Okay. So you have a lot of options there if you want to create more characters. Um, and there's about... 12 different classes out there to play. Okay. Um, with Legion actually introducing our 12th class, our um, Demon Hunter class. Um, so, so do you have one of each? Um, I have a lot of them. I have, I've had one of every class before. I only have like two or three that are at max level. Okay. If only just because I... When you make a max level... When you get to a character that's max level, you really focus a lot of your time on that one character. So I have a lot of other characters. I'm just occasionally I'll pop it in level. Yeah. Um, back to the to the cycling example. I might go on this route today, um, but then I don't make it all the way through. So I'll go back and I'll and the next day I'll go down this other path instead. So I have different okay. things I can do if I wanted to do other stuff. And, and, and plus, be, because you're different classes, mm -hmm. that would open up different. They play differently. So sometimes yeah. I feel like I really just want to get in there and beat beat things up, and other times I want to shoot stuff from a distance, or other times I want to heal people in some cases yeah. so I, you have options of different ways to play and sometimes that's fun to just kind of get out there and do that so you could character yourself for the day based on your mood mm -hmm. like this monday does everybody just come in all all beastly and, and wanting to kill everything well, i mean some people play some people just play the one character they they, right. they have their main character and they just play that one character Every day, they, every day they want to log on, they just play that one character. They don't really play other stuff at all. Um, I just enjoy playing other stuff all the time, so I'm always curious what other things play like a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and I've leveled a lot of characters from just 1 to 60 and stopped. And then we'll go back and do other... I, I've never finished a... For anybody who, who knows what Final Fantasy is, I've never finished a Final Fantasy game. Because these are games that take like 100 hour plus... 80, anywhere from like 60 to 100 hour games that you play over the course of like two or three months. If I get tired of it over the course of just like two or three weeks, I need a break from it. I sometimes never come back to it. Okay. I'm really bad about that. Um, I know nothing about Final Fantasy. That's okay. We, we'll, we'll have we'll have an episode on that eventually, but okay. I don't know how much I can add to it because I, I never finished one. Okay. Um, so we get to our current version of the game um, known as Basil, Battle for Azeroth. And a lot of us thought that this was going to be a kind of a reset moment where... We go back to kind of the traditional, the Horde versus the Alliance kind of stuff. Because sometimes that's the major focus, uh, but other times that's not. Okay. Uh, Cataclysm, that was a focus because while we were trying to get rid of this uh, evil Deathwing dragon, the world had changed, so we needed to reassert ourselves in different areas to make sure that we kept our footholds or made new, str new strides into new areas to maybe take over areas that were in our ours now. Or because the other thing got moved out of the way, or maybe something blew up, or it doesn't exist anymore there because of an earthquake. Um, so, Battle of Azeroth was our t was our thought that a lot of this was going to be about um, 
the Horde versus the Alliance. And there's a very large focus on the Horde versus the Alliance in there. Um, in this case now, um, after the events, events of Battle for Azeroth, um, our new war, uh, new war chief has, um, has come about named uh, Sylvanas. Uh, she's also in a bit of a genocidal mood as well. Um, which is, I don't know if that says a whole lot for the game creators. It's like, uh, we need a bad guy. Genocidal undead lady. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so she's actually attacked the home kingdom of the Night Elves and destroyed their world tree, which is this beautiful tree that's lasted for centuries and now doesn't exist anymore. So the elves now no longer live where they live at anymore. They're displaced. Um, oh. And then, so, and then what we end up doing is that we decide to, in turn, we decide to go reclaim where the undead live, which used to be a human capital of Lordaeron. So we've decided we're going to go back and take that. Um, and while we do end up reclaiming the city, uh, Sylvanas decides that she's going to blow it up in, entirely and fills it with very poisonous gas and nobody can go into the city at all. So it's just laid waste. So it's basically laid to waste. And we'll, we, I'm hopeful maybe one day we'll go back, but we don't know. Okay. Um, which starts, so, so, so that starts off the new war. Okay, so how long do each... So do you all arrive at the... At, the end at the same time kind of yes yeah you almost kind of have to um so as the kind of stories progress through the different patches and cycles um a lot of the major story beats or rather the us or us doing major stuff in the story is all told through um a series of dungeons known as raids now raids can be anywhere from 10 to 25 people depending on your group mm -hmm. um, and some raids require 40 people versus some just require 10 uh, but they also kind of highlight, um, especially after um, Wrath of the Lich King, the major events kind of happening in the in the world. So, um, as an example, uh, in Battle for Azeroth, one of the first raids was us going to this. Um, there's a continent of trolls, a very big continent of trolls. They have their own evil trolls that are trying to do evil things. So we have to go there and stop them from doing that before either side can kind of get uh, an advantage in that particular point. So in that case, we're kind of on the same goal. Um, but the next raid after that is the alliances decided they're going to go and invade the troll kingdom. And we go and invade the troll kingdom and we do a very good job of it. Um, What's wrong with trolls? Well, they, they're with the horde. We don't like the okay. horde. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, What's interesting about Battle for Azeroth is that they've introduced a feature known as allied races. So we're getting, we got about, we've had actually about five new races join each side here now. Um, as we're in previous expansions, we maybe had like one or two races that had joined both sides, you know. Now we have like a plethora of new races that joined us, so... So, so as somebody who's played this for a long time, mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like it's getting more complicated as they add so you know, twelve classes. You've got new races. It, at some point, does it does it overcomplicate itself and and become toilsome to play? Um, if you're following along with it, it, it doesn't seem like that because okay. they do a really good job of um, they've done a really good job of really kind of paring down the classes to what they're instilling kind of are. Um, and their race really doesn't make any difference in the gameplay at all. Okay. Um, they have, like, some minor perks, like um, um, in Cataclysm, the Alliance got a race of werewolves known as Worgen. So they can go from human to this wolf-like form. Um, and when they're in this wolf-like form, they have, a they have a little ability that lets them run faster for, like, five seconds. 
So there's so they have that little ability. Uh, but um, uh, trolls, as an example, have an ability that's called uh, that has an ability that basically just heals them over a, sh- a short period of time. Okay. Um, undead have the ability to um, basically eat whatever they've just killed, the car- eat the carcasses and heal that way. And gnomes have an ability that let them um, escape stuff because they're very inge- um, have a lot of ingenuity in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like your race doesn't make a whole lot of difference outside of you enjoying what it looks like because okay. while one race might have a one or two point stat difference, like eventually you have stat numbers that are in like the thousand range. So like one hundredth of a percent doesn't make a huge difference. Okay. So next question. Mm-hmm. Do you need to be playing consistently or a consistent amount of time in order to keep up with the, the storyline? So you can play the storyline at your discretion. Okay. So a lot of a lot of people, the way they they experience the story of what's going on is through the quests that are happening that help them level throughout the game. So doing the okay. quests is the best way to get experience um, as well as gear for your character to level up with and eventually right. keep. Um, so as you're doing stuff, you're experiencing the story at the same time, and eventually when you get to the max level, there's more stuff, more more quests for you to continue to keep doing. But it's very much at your leisure to either to either continue doing the story the storyline or to say you know what I've done enough of that storyline I want to go and PvP I want to go play do player versus players or um, I want to go do just dungeons now as an example so you don't even have to continue the entire game of story um, especially if you've done it once before already on your main character so a lot of times like I said before when I'm leveling through zones I don't hit every zone which is a Shame because they're all really great and interesting stories in there. Okay. But if I never hit all of it, I never get to experience the story at all. So, but I've experienced all the story from my other characters beforehand. From different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you know, we talked earlier about about do you play as a group? Do you have a set time that you mm-hmm. and 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 you said yes both. Explain. So, um, as you're leveling on your own, a lot of people play in a very uh, casual for, casual way. So they're just kind of just going wherever, whatever the next quest is, that's what they'll go and do. Um, and sometimes you'll meet other people there and you can group together and do stuff together. So you need to have like a five-man party for the dungeons or the raids, which have a very kind of set composition that works best for those. If you're just out in the world and you see another person in the same area beating up, uh, beating up goblins or something, you can join up with them and beat other goblins together. Um, and then you can stop playing with them if you want. Um, again, it's a very social game at the end of the day. So, but a lot of the game is also very much a solo game in some cases. So you can play the entire game without ever interacting with anybody else in the entire game if you wanted to. Kind of be a lone wolf. Yeah, and a lot of players. And there's been a lot of studies that actually find that a lot of players like to do that in some cases because they play the game. Um, it's very much like going shopping in a mall when you don't have to go shopping in your mall. You want to be in a mall because there's a lot of people that makes you feel like you're a part of society versus what you really want to do is you just want to shop by yourself and have nobody bother you. Yeah. There's a there's a really great um, uh, talk from a developer's conference that speaks kind of highly to that and why people like to play on their own um, in a number of different ways and reasons okay. why. Which I found very interesting, and I'll link I'll link uh, to our on our blog because I found it to be a very interesting um, discussion. Um, but a lot of the game requires you to group up with other people. So if you want to do dungeons or 
raids and experience the storyline. Like, that's an important thing as well to do. Well, I mean, it, it, it must be, it's been massively successful for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, would you say the pop, any of its popularity has ebbed or, or so, surged? So what happened at one point here was that when we got to Warlords of Draenor, uh, the game had been at about 9.5 million subscribers. But Warlords of Draenor was, in a lot of cases, a very rushed uh, expansion in some cases. Um, that a lot of people just did not appreciate or enjoy at the end of the day. In fact, actually, um, it's one of the low points in the game because um, we had a position where uh, there was an entire raid that actually got lost. And these raids are major story points and major events that happen. Um, so as we're saying, the you got to play with other players in order to enjoy the, sometimes the storyline. And the game actually does a kind of the outside influence of the game. A lot of the websites that follow and track the game kind of do a very unfortunate job of spoiling the story sometimes. But that was inevitably going to happen one way or another. Well, you know, and I've I've been known to to look at spoilers for shows I watch. So, mm-hmm. okay, so so are there? It seems to me like like. It is very social. Are there people that you know are on at a certain time, and so you hop on at that time so that you can... Well, I make friends intentionally with that intention. Okay. So people that I know... um, So when I was playing the game, I played actually with a lot of my college roommates. Yeah. And so the intention was that we... Because in our dorm, we would leave leave our doors open to see who was doing what. We could see, oh, you're online? Yeah, let me hop online right now. Or it might be that we get a text and said, like, oh, hey, we're all going to go online right now. I was like, okay, cool, I'll jump on as well. Um, a lot of my friends have um, work lives now and families. Yeah. So it makes it a little more difficult for them to jump on and play, and they've actually moved on to other games in some cases as well. Yeah. Um, I now play, I used to play on a um, game-focused server. Now, if you remember back in D&D, I talked about there are some dungeon masters that like to focus on the mechanics of the game and play the mechanics of the game and there's others that like to focus on kind of the role playing aspect like they're telling this rich deep deep world mm-hmm. I play on a role play server so I play in a, in a server where people are creating their characters with the intention of having narratives behind their characters and doing things in a narrative sense so so they have personalities they have personalities, backstories uh, they're in uh, they're in large groups they call guilds, uh, which okay. are kind of like um, like a cycling club, maybe. Okay. And they're all aiming toward the same thing. So you might, in my case, a lot of cases in the game, you might have a guild that helps to do like all PvP stuff, or they're a guild that helps to do uh, raid content or leveling content. So like they have different purposes in a lot of cases. Um, in my case, on a roleplay server, we have different guilds that are help to do different stories. So you might have... Um, a guild of just uh, holy warriors that are just going out and beating up undead creatures and you know, pretending to be priests and paladins for the yeah. holy sake. Um, or you might have like a mage guild that really kind of delves about um, magic and things like that. I'm a part of a of a academy guild that I started that basically um, teaches people about magic. But at the same time, we focus on um, recruiting other people so they can be kind of a mentor, master apprentice sort of uh, style. So you're so, mentoring other other young, players. Yeah, so I'm mentoring other like mages in the storyline. Okay. In my in my storyline, my character is a very 
is a much older magical sort of a person. Sage. More like an older sager person. Yeah. With weird thoughts on how magic works. Um, but I have students who like who accompany me and do other stuff. We pretend like I'm teaching them magic when I'm really okay. not. Then they're already max level as much as I am, or might even be doing more content than I am, or okay. more, even more powerful than me okay. in the game. But on a role play server, it's very much as if playing Dungeons and Dragons, where I was playing a, you know, I was playing like a sagey character that kind of was with an additional party doing stuff. So now, how do you choose the server? Um, so actually, when you play the game, the couple things you want to keep an eye out for is first you want to know if your friends are playing. Yeah. Because um, if you're on one server versus another server, you may not be able to play with your friends at all. So okay. before you even start playing, the, before you ever start making a character, you want to figure out what server your friends are playing on so you can play with them. Okay. Um, and then the next question you might want to ask yourself is what faction are they playing on? Because if you're on the alliance, you can't talk to the horde. Or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, any interaction you do have is about trying to beat each other up. Yeah. Um, so in a lot of cases, you can't... Um, you you got to also kind of ask them, hey, are you the Horde or the Alliance? That way you know which side to pick. And kind of contrary to, to the natural law of how you think these would be, there's a lot more Horde players out there than there are Alliance. Oh, we all want to kind of... Be the bad dab guy. Yeah, dabble in our evil side. Yeah, so sometimes there's a lot more bad guys than there are... The good guy side, or vice versa. No, which are you? I'm on the alliance. I, okay. I play. I play. Play a rather respectable human warlock. Okay. So I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm not a great person, but I'm a good person. Okay. Um, which is, again, my character is kind of an elderly sage sort of person. So I'm a very. I'm. I'm a good person that does stuff in evil ways because warlocks is a very mean class that summons demons and uses dark magic. You're good chaos. Yeah, I'm a good. I'm a good chaos person. Okay. So, so it's very social. Do you are there conventions? There was just a convention last weekend. Oh, you're kidding! So, um, and the reason why I chose this topic was that um, Blizzard Interactive um, hosts a convention for their various other games because they have um, they have World of Warcraft, they have Starcraft, um, they have Diablo, and they also have other games. Uh, one of which is their shooter game uh, known as uh, Overwatch which is a very popular shooter game that they have that's pretty much ba meant for... Uh, it's literally a six-on-six -six sort of game. So it's literally geared perfectly for tournaments and other kind of major events. Um, they also have another game called uh, Hearthstone, which is actually Magic the Gathering, but using ma but using World of Warcraft as the cards. Oh, so, which okay. Is, is, so, and it plays very, very similar to um, Magic the Gathering, a little bit. Like, instead of having land, you just get mana every turn. Okay. So, um, but it's a very, but it's, again, if you like Magic the Gathering, you would enjoy Hearthstone at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, which is also, I think, free to play as well on, on, on there. Okay. Um, but they have this big convention, they release all this new news, new stuff happening, like there's going to be a Diablo 4. So... And then um, we also learned, oh, there's a new expansion coming out for Hearthstone, and there's going to be an Overwatch 2 finally after four years of the game being out. But for people like me who are into World of Warcraft, we got introduced to the Shadowlands, which is the next expansion after uh, Battle for Azeroth, where we go to the Land of the Dead. And we have to stop people from doing bad stuff over there. Okay. We don't know what the story is just yet because we just got we just got announced to it. So, okay. uh, but it's going to deal with um, 
we were going to visit more characters that have since died in the game, like a lot of like really cool characters. Well, if you're going to the Land of the Dead, yeah. Yeah, so we're yeah, so we're going to revisit those characters, and it'll be an interesting version of this game going uh, for this expansion because I'm very curious what they do immediately following that. Like, how do you follow up going to the world of the dead? Yeah. So, um, but no, yeah. So there was a big convention. Cosplay is a very big thing for this as well. Um, there's a lot of really great WoW cosplayers out there. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, well, they I mean, I can see where there would be because um, to some extent you have you have so much some autonomy. It sounds like. Well, you have a lot of autonomy. Actually, what's very interesting about the game is they've gotten very good about customizing your character. So I mean, even just going back to like after you fix your figure out what faction you're going to be on. Um, and what server you're going to be on. And if you don't have any friends on with either of that, you can just pick whatever. Yeah. Um, I recommend, um, there's two different types of servers now. There's a normal server and an RP server. The only difference is that an a uh, roleplay server, you're going to find more people that are going to want to roleplay versus a normal server is just people playing the mechanics of the game. Right. You might find some roleplaying, but it's not the goal of people. Assuming you're on an RP. Well, I mean, it, again, I mean... If you're on a normal server, you're more likely to find people who just want to play the mechanics of the game. Right. Um, and just talk with each other casually as if they were bicycling down the road. Yeah. Uh, versus if you're on a role play server, you might be pretending, I'm going to bicycle faster than you and I'm going to win the race. <laughs> ching, ching. Um, like, as that is an example. Like, the yeah. intent is to play, a role play server is obviously to play out your characters. Yeah. But even this, just then, if you were just making a character, well, the next step, obviously, is to pick what you want to be. And again, you have 12 different classes. You have um, dozens of races you could be at this point. And I often tell people, you know, pick a class that you think sounds interesting and then pick whatever race is available to it. Or if you have a race that you really like, then pick a class based off of that. Okay. Um, so as an example, I'm currently playing a gnome hunter right now, which is a very uh, three-foot-tall race, and she's got a really big gun. And I chose it because it's like, She's got a really big gun. Maybe the gun kicks her back, and then maybe that's a part of my story where, like, I always get... I'm a really good shooter, but every single time I shoot, I go back, like, five feet, which I think is kind of funny. That's pretty cute. Um, so that's why I chose that race for that class, but I very well could have also just been a uh, traditional uh, dwar uh, human hunter in that case, and I could have just been like, yeah, I hunt big game, you know. I'm, I'm out there hunting, you know, you know, wolves and panthers and all sorts of other plethora of things, or... Um, if you are a, um, uh, if you're one of the other races, like a, like an orc shaman, you might be like, yes, I'm trying to regain my, 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 my roots with magic and, and, and nature. I'm trying to make the world a better place like Thrall. Cause he's the great shaman and I want to be just like Thrall. I want to be just like Mike. Um, but you might choose your. Okay, that's not, that that doesn't sound unlike Dungeons and Dragons, where no. when you're designing your player, mm -hmm. you're choosing sort of sort of. I I went at it with with what sort of role I wanted. Yeah, you you went at it and from then, a role player's perspective. You yeah. you chose a race and a class that fit the character you had in mind, and yeah. much than I do when I play when I make characters on my role play server. Um, but some people just might decide I want to play, I want to play a healer. And I'm going to choose a healing class, and I just need to choose uh, the body that it goes over. Yeah. And that might just be an undead healer, which does exist, or it might be... Uh, an undead healer? What, what does an undead healer heal? Other people? 
Which is he? He's an undead healer. Does he only heal the undead? No, he can heal other. He, oh, okay. He heals All other right. people. Like the undead, like the undead act just like humans. Like at the end of the day, like the undead are just another player race. They don't act like normal undead would, where like they're like light hurts them because they're undead. Like okay. uh, the undead or the undead as a race or ju- as a player race are just humans that are dead that somehow came back to life. Okay, <clears throat> they're not zombies. I have to remind myself they're not zombies. Not, not, not like, not traditional zombies. Can you kill them again? Yes. And the, so the mechanic in the game when you die is that um, your soul is kind of it's so important that you're not allowed to really die. Okay. Um, so your spirit leaves the body, you get sent to a graveyard, and you have to run back to your body, jump back in it, and you can go right, get right back into the game okay. right away. So often, sometimes death just means that you have to spend two or three minutes running back to collect your body and get back into it. And so you really never die? No, you never really die at any particular level. Which is oh, why when okay. we go to the land of the dead, what will happen when we die is a curious question right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, curi- it's the land of the undead. Yeah, like what happens if we die in the land of the undead? Like, does the same kind of... It, they've told us the same mechanic happens where we'll get resurrected at a graveyard or we'll get... We, we, we get brought back in, the, in a graveyard as a spirit and we have to run back to our body to be able to interact with the world again. Okay. Which is how we do it right now. So you're not having to um, you're basically not just winding up at a, like an inn or a graveyard or a temple and without any of your gear and you have to go back and back and get it. You just run back to it. And which, you're, you're at your same skill level and everything else. Same level, same skills. Um, you don't lose anything on any particular level. In other well, games... Then, then there's no fear of dying. Well, there's no there's no penalty for dying. Is is the better way to phrase? Well, does that make you um, take greater risks? Sometimes. Okay. I mean, I mean, at the end I'm of the day, I'm just trying to understand how this works. Yeah, in, in in other games like EverQuest, if you died, you got resurrected at like a temple, which might be a thirty minute run away, or maybe even a yeah. ten minute by horse, and you had to go back and get your gear. And if your gear was in a very very infested area, you may not be able to go back and get your stuff because other people have already taken it. Well, some people might, might some people might also have taken it if you yeah. leave it if you don't get back to it quick enough. Sometimes it would be free game for anybody else. Yeah. And if you had spent hours, months, weeks getting all that gear, you may not take as many risks and you might play a lot more cautiously. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in World of Warcraft, they figured like if we play really cautiously and a lot of people are going to not enjoy, not have fun playing the game and this is meant to be escapism at the end of the day. So a lot of... Yeah, the- no, I mean, I like the idea that you can come back. I, I It's interesting because um, if there's no penalty for... For dying, I I think I'd be tempted to take risks. Yeah, yeah. And then and sometimes taking risks is a, is a good feature because it lets you know how really strong you really are. And if you know, it also will teach you the mechanics of the game whether you can do A, B, or C. Yeah. Um, and so one thing we really haven't talked about is um, all the classes that you can do. Okay. Um, and there's again twelve of them, so I'll, I'll go down I'll go down the list. You have um, your Warriors, these are in big plate leather. These are like your typical soldier types. They're great with just about every weapon you can ever put in their hands. Um, and they make great tanks, but they're really good at killing stuff as well. Um, you have paladins, which are your holy plate warriors of the game. Um, they do a really good job of beating stuff up with maces and swords and axes, but they also are good tanks and they can even heal as well. Uh, my paladin is a healer. 
I heal. I basically yeah. open up a book and pretend like I'm reading scripture and healed. Um, you also have your uh, death knights, which we talked about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. They are um, undead. Uh, they're basically uh, evil knights, at the, uh, evil paladins at the end of the day. Uh, shamans are uh, a class that relies on um, the elements of nature. So you have like lightning bolts and fire, water and wind. Um, Captain Planet, essentially, at the end of the day. I like that. Uh, then you have your hunters, which are your ranger analogs. If you're into D&D, they're basically... Um, they basically always have a pet with them. They shoot with either crossbows, uh, guns, or bow and arrows, and they're they're basically your Legolas analog in a lot of cases. Um, from there, you have uh, rogues, which is like your thief in, in uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Um, they... Uh, have an ability called stealth which lets them be completely immune to s- people seeing you and you can kind of get behind your enemy stab them really quickly and then move on to the next so they play really quick in some cases you have a uh, monk which are um, like we described before they're yeah. kind of like your Bruce Lee of the world um, you have druids which are again very similar to Dungeons and Dragons they shapeshift um, they have a couple different forms that they can shape shift into. They, they can shape shift into a bear and they become a really good tank, um, or they can shape shift into a cat and they become like a rogue, um, or you can shape shift into this owl beast kind of thing, which looks really cool. That's kind of like being a, a mage or a caster, um, and then they just have a natural form which just lets them heal stuff. So druids are a great class to play on multiple different roles if you're not sure what role you really want to be okay um and then you have demon hunters these are um these can be both tanks and uh melee attackers these are um guys infused with demon blood inside them and so they have certain cool abilities oh so it's not it's not like buffy the vampire slayer no 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 and oddly enough again they're they're hunting demons but they're part demon at the end of the day okay um, they actually have a really cool mechanic where they actually transform. What, what color are they? Um, they're elves. So they're either night elves or blood elves. Okay. Um, so they're and, not green? No, not green. Okay. Uh, but they actually can turn into other demons at the end of the day to augment their own powers. Um, and then we get to our kind of more clothy, uh, more scholarly sort of classes. You have your typical wizardy, ma- you have your mage class, which is kind of a typical wizard class. These are... They shoot fire, they shoot ice, they shoot uh, natural magic, which is just arcane magic um, at the end of the day. Um, you have uh, warlocks like myself, who I'm a, I use dark magic and I summon demons to help me do my bidding. Um, and then you have your priests, which are really good healers, but they also have a dark side where they do, how they do damage is they summon unholy stuff to do, you know, oddly enough, as a priest. So you have a couple different classes and choices at the end of the day. And, well, I could go into all the different races you could be. That we've just way too it's many. Too, too this, many combos. Yeah. Too many. Too many at this point. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're going to do this weekend. Is okay. um, we're going to. Um, I have almost all the all the different races and things opened up. So we'll, we're going to let you make a character, and you, we'll give you a little bit. Of, we'll give you some leveling time, and then I'm going to jump on my um, other computer here and I'm going to play with you for a bit so to help you level up and okay. so you can kind of experience the game a bit. Okay. That um, sounds like fun. And so that's what we're going to do next week and I'm going to put all the show notes with all this stuff on there for everybody including uh, what I think is actually kind of a useful little YouTube video why people play solo. Um, and you can visit that on our website at www.nerdtutorialpodcast.com 
And then I'll post a link on our Facebook group as well, uh, facebook.com forward slash nerd tutorial. And if you have any comments, critiques, or things you think it would be a great idea for future topics, let me know on nerd underscore tutorial at twitter.com. And, and from me and my mom, we'll see you guys next, next time. We'll have Tales from Azeroth at that point. So on behalf of myself and mom, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.